Pastor Xavier Reese says, walking in the flesh can only reap the flesh. You call me master and obey me not. You call me life and desire me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me mighty and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Icy hot. Same difference. Jumbo shrimp. These expressions are some popular oxymorons, or in other words, they represent a contradiction in terms. But did you ever realize that to say, no Lord, is another obvious contradiction? For God has made it clear in Scripture, He is Lord of all, or not Lord at all. And this is the simple truth made evident to the rebellious nation of Judah, who all but dismiss God's message of repentance through the prophet Jeremiah. Let's listen now as our teacher, Pastor Xavier, reveals the accountability God's people face for disobedience to His will. Jeremiah chapter 42. The message is entitled, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed. The petition for Jeremiah to seek the will of God is laid out for us in three movements. They give us great principles, great warning, great lessons for the believer. They are as follows. Verse 1 through 6, the prophet Jeremiah was requested by the people to seek God's will. They said to Jeremiah the prophet, Please uh, let our petition be acceptable to you and pray for us to the Lord. Listen, your God. Very important. They didn't say our God at this point. Remember, Jeremiah had been forbidden to pray for them, right? 7, 16, 11, 14, 14, 11. Then why is he praying out? Because judgment's over. Now God's beginning to do a new work to build up the nation. From this point to 70 years, God's going to fulfill his word. Judgment has passed. Now they have access to God again. They didn't see themselves as rebellious. Notice this. And seeking Yahweh to change his mind. Oh, this is so familiar with Christians. They seek the Lord to change his mind. And they disguise it in spiritual garb. But they want God to do what they want to do. While all along they're attempting to appear as if they're sincere and open to God. They've already made their mind up. And they want God to approve and even bless their plans. They're hoping that God will agree with them. They're hoping to change the mind of God. You cannot. Now notice secondly. The prophet Jeremiah reveals to the people God's will. Because his requests come in. Now he reveals. He's faithful as he said. Look at verse 7 through 17. The prophet Jeremiah patiently waits on the will of God. Verse 7. The Lord allows 10 days to go by. We're not told why. But one thing we know is God's not in no hurry. Verse 8 9. The Lord spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah called John and the, the captains and, and the people from the least of the greatest. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. Verse 9. He indicated the authority. Thus saith the Lord. This is the Lord going to speak to you. Confirming Second Peter 1, 20 and 21, that the men of old did not speak of their own impulse or origin, but as the Holy Spirit carried them along. This is divine authority. These are not my words. He indicated it was their request to whom you sent me to present the petition before him. I'm just the messenger. 
Now notice secondly, in verse 10 through 12, the prophet Jeremiah proclaimed the will of Yahweh. The promised blessing came first. The condition is given. If you will still remain in the land, meaning Judah, then I will build you up and not pull you down. And I will plant you and not pluck you up. That's a promise. The judgment was over. Not God was beginning to rebuild. It's going to be those 70 years. This is the fulfillment of the call of Jeremiah in chapter 1 verse 10. First was tearing down, now was building up. The tearing down is done, now the building up begins. The reason is given. For I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. The phrase relent is a poor application to God because when you and I relent or repent, we change our mind. But God can't change his mind. God is not saying here that he regretted or made a mistake in judging them. He's saying that it pained him. But it's over. Now you can identify. If you're a parent, you've had to discipline your child. And you don't regret it. But it did pain you, right? That's what he's talking about. They were to make their decision based on what? Listen, God's word. They already had it. Now they're hearing it again. God's word. They were not to make the decision based on human reasoning, logic, or physical evidence. This is the mistake we make as Christians. We know it. We ignore it. Or forget about it. Notice the call is not only to obey in faith, but to stand in faith. For I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. So I obey in faith, then I stand in faith. They were to depend on him constantly. They were to trust him through the difficult times. But notice thirdly, the call also is to live through faith. They've got 70 years to go. And I will show you mercy that he may have mercy on you and cause you to return to your own land. The word mercy means tender motherly love. The root is associated with the womb. God has portrays himself as a mother here over his children. Now notice thirdly in verse 13 through 17, the prophet Jeremiah revealed the warning of Yahweh. So there's not only a promise, a blessing and an exhortation, but now there's a warning. Verse 13 and 14, the warning was against disobedience. By an attitude of rebellion. Listen. But if you say, we will not dwell in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God. Secondly, by leaning to their own understanding. Saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall see no war, nor hear the sound of trumpet, or the hunger for bread. There we will dwell. They were sick of war and suffering. And they were making a decision based on their Suffering experience instead of obedience to the word of God and the promises. The sin of unbelief is the Achilles heel of the Christian. Book of Hebrews. The sin of unbelief. So the warning was for their own protection. Verse 15 through 17 tells us. When you discipline your child, when you warn your child, is a protection for you or your child? Your child. Listen to verse 15. The one speaking again is Yahweh. Then hear now the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus saith the Lord host, the God of Israel. The prohibition is the same one as before. It hasn't changed. If you wholly set your face to enter Egypt and go to dwell there. It had been worn over and over and over again. It hasn't changed. Egypt was the place where God had delivered them from through Moses. Egypt was never to be returned to. Egypt is always the type of the world. So the Christian is not to be in the world or live of the world. We live, we're here, but we don't live of it. Listen, the boat belongs in the water. It's when the water gets in the boat that the boat gets in trouble. God doesn't want you to be isolated. He wants you to be insulated. 
If you're praying, Lord, take me out of here, he's not going to answer your prayer. You know why? Because Jesus prayed in John 17, Lord, Father, leave them in the world. Don't take them out of the world. We're here as light, salt, as a witness. We live in the world, but not of the world. I'm not isolating myself, but I'm insulating myself as a Christian to be effective. Notice verse 16 and 17, the warning was against falling under what they were attempting to escape. They cannot escape Yahweh's judgment. Then it shall be that the sword which you fear shall overtake you in the land of Egypt. The famine of which you were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt and there you will die. So that which they feared would come upon them in disobedience. But that which they feared, if they obeyed, they would be fearing for nothing. How often we worry about things that are never going to happen. But, but at least we worried, you know. At least we gave it our shot and got an ulcer. They should have feared going to Egypt. You and I should fear going in the world. They would fall under the threefold judgment by the direct hand of God. Make sure you understand that. So shall it be with all the men who set their faces to go into Egypt to dwell there. They shall die by the sword, by famine, by pestilence. This has been repeated throughout the book of Jeremiah, the threefold judgment. And none of them shall remain or escape from the disaster that I will bring upon them. Nebuchadnezzar later invaded Egypt in chapter 43, verse 8 on down. And God warns and warns. He says, listen, you, you think that, that if you obey me, everything's going to fall apart. And it may seem like it at first, but you trust me. And we don't trust God and we freak out and we do our own thing. And then what we fear would happen comes to pass because we disobeyed. The will of God is found in the Word of God. Have you found that out? It's not found in spiritual emotional experience. You go to a retreat, you come to church and God speaks to you and you get some goosebumps or you get some kind of feeling, great, but don't depend on that. That's not God. That's just you. It's a real experience, but you don't make your decision based on the feeling. Emotions come and go. Not on human reasoning or logic. On the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Not depending on the world, the type of Egypt. But on the Scriptures. Being a good Berean. God's will is always based on faith. Believing and acting on His Word. Regardless of my feelings, my emotions, or the circumstance. Biblical faith always points me to the revelation of God. People say, I have faith in God, but their faith is not based on the Word, so it's not biblical faith. When I act on the Word of God that it says, Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin, died for my sins, dead, raised, seated at the right hand of the Father. And if I call on His name and believe that He died in my place, I will be saved and have eternal life. I act on that in faith, that's biblical faith, God honors it, and He responds to me. Because He first initiated. And then I responded. And so then He fulfills His promise. But if I say I have faith and I'm doing things that are contrary to the word of God, God is not obligated to honor that. That's not biblical faith. That's foolishness. That's presumptuousness. That's religiosity. That is self-will. Paul says to the Colossians chapter 1 verse 19, 9 through 12. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, 
For all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God says you can know His will. You can be strengthened. You can grow. This is His prayer for the Ephesians and for you and for I. Where do you find it? In the Word of God. God allows us to wait for answers for different reasons. Here it was ten days. Some of the reasons are as follows. First of all, it teaches patience. <laughs> he wants us to be patient. Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen: Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We are so impatient. And so the second reason is to reveal how impatient and self-willed we are. What's taking God? Doesn't He know? I got a deadline? Well, I'm just going to do it. Then it's His fault. Isn't that what we usually say? Huh? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Also to show us His wise timing when He does answer, when the answer does come. God is never tardy. He's never late. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the Son made of a woman under the law. Galatians 4, 4. Right on time. Okay? Jesus died right on time. Jesus rose from the dead right on time. Jesus will come back for his church right on time. Now sometimes he doesn't answer at all. Because we already have it in his word. Now in this case they had it. But he still was gracious enough to give them the answer again. So if you're praying about things that you already know in the word of God to be his will. Why are you asking them? Obey. You have a better plan? Sometimes he says no. Can you handle that? David wanted to build a temple. God says, no. Did he pout? Oh, no. Not at all. Psalm 34, 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Psalm 53, 2. He's just looking. He's attentive. To hear from us. The warning and consequences for disobeying in right out rebellion against the will of God is very, very costly. Achan brought defeat to Israel and hindrance. They couldn't take Ai. He took the accursed thing, knowing that he was not to take it. Samson lost his sight and his life because he couldn't control his sexual passions. David brought destruction to his house and his family because he was a terrible father and an adulterer. All of these are people of God. Do we think that we're the exception, the word different? You say, well, thank God that's Old Testament. Really? Two things remain the same and never change. God and man. God is holy and man is sinful. God is perfect and man is rebellious. The prophet Jeremiah revealed to the people God's will. Faithful. And notice thirdly in verses 18 through 22. The prophet Jeremiah revealed the accountability of the people for disobeying God's will. Verse 18. The people would know what to expect in Egypt. Their self-deception and self-delusion would not alter the judgment. As my anger and my fury has been poured out in the hands of Jerusalem, so will my fury be poured out on you when you enter Egypt. So, you guys know how horrible it's been. You guys ate, ate your babies. We're going to see that in Lamentations. You guys ate your children. You saw the disease. 
You saw the horror. You go to Egypt, you're going to get more of the same. Wow. Now you as a parent tell your child. You say, you keep going, this is what's going to happen. And as a parent, you warn with love and pain. But you can't force your child, can you? God doesn't force you. You had a free will before you were saved. You have a free will as you are saved. You're not a robot. The sufferings of the people would wear them down emotionally in exile. Listen. And you shall be an oath, an astonishment, a curse, a reproach. And you shall see this place no more. Gruesome. Now notice secondly in verse 19. The people were without any excuse. This is very important. Without any excuse. The Lord had warned them. The Lord has said concerning you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. It's like the mommy looks at his kids and says, don't touch that. Don't do that. But little Johnny's in the supermarket and he's in the garden. He knows that mommy means he has 49 more warnings. But God is not mommy. Okay? The Lord was innocent in the matter. No certainty that I have admonished you this day. God was innocent on the judgment to come. The prophet was innocent. Who are the only ones left to be guilty? The people. Notice thirdly in verse 20. The prophet reveals their deceptive hearts. He said their intent to disobey was from the beginning. You were hypocrites in your hearts when you sent me to the Lord your God. Nailed. Now, we don't always know at the beginning, but as things transpire, then we find out that people were not sincere from the beginning. He said their words were false, saying, pray for us to the Lord your God. And according to all that the Lord your God says, so declare to us and we will do it. Outward appearance, seeming sincerity, deceptive hearts. Notice, fourthly, in verse 21, the prophet declared his own faithfulness and innocence now. He had been faithful to give them Yahweh's word, and I have this day declared it to you. They had chosen to disobey, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God or anything which he has sent you by me. So God's innocent, as I said. The prophet's innocent. The people are the guilty ones. Therefore, he summarizes the entire thing in verse 22. They could be sure of their death. Now, therefore, conclusion. No certainty that you shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. They had chosen their own destruction in the place where you desire to go, to dwell. How familiar this is with so many people who get warned by the Word of God Sunday after Sunday, counseling appointment after counseling appointment, every time they read the Word of God, but their mind is made up and they're going to do what they're going to do and they add to their own hurt. You call me master and obey me not. You call me light and you see me not. You call me way and you walk me not. You call me life and desire me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me mighty and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. Pretty heavy. Has God changed? I don't think so. God's judgments are sure and clear in the scriptures. The believer will appear before the bema seat of Christ for reward. 
1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15, and 1 Corinthians 4, 5, says the judgment will be according to the motive of the heart. Even if we lose all reward as Christians, we will be saved as by far because we're saved by grace through faith. But what an insult to God that He wants to bless you and I, and we throw everything away because we've lived a carnal life, a self-willed life. We've been a bad example. Now the unbeliever will appear before the white throne judgment in Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. And they will give an account for everything they've ever committed. But they will be cast in the lake of fire, really not for their sins directly, but for rejecting the forgiveness of sins, rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. And then indirectly for all the sins they've committed, they'll have to give an account. So both believer and non-believer will stand before a judgment. God's warning to carnal Christians is equally clear in Scripture. If they walk in the flesh, they will fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 says, The flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another. You're going to walk in one or the other, Christian. You still have a sin nature. Peter said, if you, For if they have, after they have escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Second Peter 2, 20 and 21. Now you and I know people who God has done an incredible work in their life and cleaned them up. And then they start messing with things all over again. And they get sucked back in. And they're in the world today worse than they were at the beginning. It's a horrible place. It's heartbreaking. The problem is the heart, isn't it? Jeremiah 79, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. God alone knows it. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Guard your heart. Don't make decisions by your emotions. Oh, but he's so nice. <laughs> nice and deceptive. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all your days. Proverbs twenty three seventeen. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you in an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Beware, brethren. Christians. Hebrews three twelve. Do not be carried about with various strange doctrines, for it's good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which do not profit those who have been occupied with them. Hebrews 13.9. Good doctrine, solid doctrine. Paul says, Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Ephesians 5.19. Put God's word in your heart that you might not sin against Him. The prophet Jeremiah revealed the accountability of the people for disobeying God's will. Pretty straightforward, pretty heavy. And so the people asked Jeremiah to inquire about the will of God for their lives, revealed by these three simple movements. The prophet Jeremiah was requested by the people to ask for God's will, and he did so. The prophet Jeremiah revealed to the people God's will, but they didn't do it. And so the prophet Jeremiah revealed the accountability of the people for disobeying God's will. Judgment. Pretty heavy. God is the same today, yesterday, as He ever will be forevermore. Do not deceive yourself. Abide in Christ. Depend on Him. His grace is sufficient. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with His love. Obey His will. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, wrapping up a sobering application for the accountability all believers have with disobedience to God's will for their life. And just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truth study titled, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed, are available on CD for only $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is simply, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then be back for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 